Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. I hope you're having a great day. I am. I can't wait to get into the show. But real quick, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, don't forget today's show is presented to you by the great people over at Sugar Fire in Westminster. Just a great place to go grab some barbecue. I'll tell you more about them in a little bit. But another great reason to listen to this show is that you can find out great information like this. You can refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you don't want to miss their refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile in the Superbook app, share the promo code with your friends, and you're going to get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win money referring. This season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. And if you got a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. <laughs> Man, I swear we just brought this up the other day. And it happened again. This is so bizarre and it makes me want to be one of those guys that goes to random garage sales and just spends way too much time Googling shit when I'm at a Goodwill. A person bought a glass vase for $3.99 at a Goodwill in Richmond, Virginia, and then learned it was crafted by a famous Italian glass designer, Carlo Scarpa. It ended up going up to auction because, dude, if you got something valuable and you it's a vase, you just buy another one and you might as well get some money out of it. It went at auction for guess how much? Wrong. One hundred thousand dollars. Holy crap. Does that not make you want to go? I think I'm going to swing by goodwill. But what's crazy is. Like, I I was looking around, and I found this beautiful thing that my, my nana, when she passed away, I got this old perfume bottle of hers. And I'm like, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And then I'm like, I, I'm never going to get rid of this because it's just it's too important to, to me and a great memory of a great person. But I'm like, I, I looked it up, and I'm like, this has to be worth like a shit ton of money. It's worth like say 300 bucks, but it's this beautiful glass old school perfume bottle. I'm a little disappointed that it does it's not worth thousands. <laughs> Cuz then I would always be like, "Ooh, if I need to, I could sell it." But I don't need to and I don't really want to. But it is interesting because for something to go at Goodwill for 3.99 and it everything I saw of it, I was like it doesn't seem anything special. I look at this old perfume bottle from my Nana, and I'm like, that is beautiful. That is a beautifully crafted piece of work. I think it's German or something like that. I looked it up at one point. But anyway, it's like hand-carved on the bottom, engraved. I can't even look at what it it is. But anyway, something so beautiful, it's worth something, but not as much as I thought. But then you go to Goodwill, and you get some rinky-dink thing that was probably stored away in somebody's attic for years and years and they're just clearing out somebody's 
you know, stuff. And then somebody randomly finds it at a goodwill and decides, wait a minute, this signature on the bottom seems like it might be legit. Google search, Google search, Google search. Next thing you know, it's worth $100,000 in your bank account. That's freaking phenomenal. You never know. Guys, I, I hate to say it, but go start digging through your old grandparents' stuff. They're not using it. <laughs> Just collecting dust. But think about it. that You might have something hidden away. Go in your crawl space. Go in your attic, wherever you keep stuff, in your closet, whatever it is. And if you're in a tight pinch, it might be nice. But it would also be kind of neat to say, yeah, I have this. This was my grandpa's or my grandma's, and I didn't think anything of it. I just looked it up. It's worth like $50,000 or something. I, I just think that would be interesting. I'm not saying go sell it unless you just, unless that person was a dick. <laughs> then you're like, yeah, fuck her. <laughs> I'm going to sell this thing. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, burritos for everyone. Yay. <laughs> Speaking of food. <laughs> Guy Fieri. I, I think I o- always pronounce his name wrong. It's from the, the Triple D guy. The guy with the, the white, spiky, blondish hair on the Food Network that has like a million shows. Always wears like rings and stuff like that. But Guy is very popular and he's doing very well for himself. He's a very accomplished uh, restaurateur and he does a, has a lot of shows like I was saying. Well, anyway, he kind of made some headlines the other day. He was on Fox News being interviewed for something. And then he brought up what he plans on doing with his wealth and how does that affect his children. My dad says, when I die, you can expect that I'm going to die broke and you're going to be paying for the funeral. And I told my boys, none of this that we've been that I've been building are you going to get unless you come and take it from me. So if you want it. So my nephew Jules is in the music industry. Down in LA, he's in the law program at Loyola Marymount right now. You know, if you're going to be a big time entertainment uh, agent, you need to have that law background. So he's doing that. And uh, my youngest son, Ryder, is a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate, uh, or you know, going to graduate in the spring. And he's like, "Dad, this is so unfair. I haven't even gone to college yet, and you're already pushing that I got to get an MBA." He says, "Can I just get through college?" I'm like, "Hey, you know, it's if you want." Shaq said it best. Shaq said it about his kids one time. He says, if you want any of this cheese, you got to give me two degrees. Well, my two degrees mean, you know, postgraduate. So they're on their way. I think that's a good idea. Let's be honest. You don't want your kids to grow up entitled and not have any sort of work ethic. Now, that being said, my kids aren't going to be begging for my fortune because I don't have a fortune. And... I guess that's okay (laughs) because they're going to be like, damn it. I don't want to end up like dad. uh, So I'm going to work hard. Whereas you see some people, I remember like back in high school, there was a lot of kids that we went to high school with that. It's funny because we were talking about this the other day. Uh, I can't remember who I was talking with, but we were talking about your first car. Good example of this. Your, what's your first car? Mine was an 83 Buick Skylark that I bought from my sister, and I paid $200 for it. My own money. You know, I had a job at Safeway, and that that was my car, my first car. Only lasted like six months. Then I traded it in for an 84 Chevy S10 pickup, okay? 
So this is in the mid-90s. So it's an older vehicle. I remember in high school, there was a lot of kids that their parents were very well-to-do. And they there was kids in there with brand new freaking cars. There was at least a few of them that got wrecked because, you know, kids didn't know how to handle the responsibility of a fancy new car or a car in general. And then, you know, you're 16, you make bad decisions. And do you think that they felt the, I don't know, I just look at it as just like, I, I felt like I earned my vehicle because I paid for it with my own cash. Yes, it was only 200 bucks, but I paid for it. And then, and then traded it in. My mom helped me do that, but then I had to pay her back. So it's like all this, the, I, I, I would rather my kids earn something than not. And now that being said, there's some things obviously you can you can gift them, but when it comes to like a fortune, let's say I did have millions and millions of dollars, I don't want to just hand it over to them. I I agree with Guy on that. Yeah, you got you got to show me that you have some initiative. You got to show me that you're not going to be a lazy sack of shit and just poop away the money. Right? You're just going to get high all day in in some little rinky dink apartment. And then next thing you know, you're broke asking me for more money. No, no, no. Go out there, get an education. At least that shows me that you're willing to start something and finish it. And and then, I, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I understand that sometimes people will be like, well, we I think we all kind of disagree. We all have our own mindset when it comes to kids and working jobs, especially when they're in school. I think there's some people that are fine with it. Some people aren't. I kind of like the idea if you're in school, especially like high school, not necessarily college, but in high school, that if you're, if we're able to do it, you only work either on the weekends or summertime type of thing. And then let you focus on school, unless you're good at balancing both as a kid. So I don't know. So there's a lot of things that you can you can sit there and judge. Is that a right thing to do or a wrong thing to do as far as a parent goes? But as far as this whole thing with Guy, I, I agree. And it's just like I'm not going to willy-nilly just hand over my fortune. My fortune now that actually I have is a hat collection of past sponsors as well as some random hats that I got from some Super Bowls. <laughs> So if my kid wants that, he's going to have to get some degrees. <laughs> At least graduate high school. Then I'll give you a hat. <laughs> Here you go, son. Here's a Veritas fine cannabis hat. You're welcome. Huh? It's good condition, actually. I do like that hat that I have from them. It's nice. has a leather patch. Pretty cool. Anyway. <laughs> The L.A. Lakers have officially hung up their banner to celebrate their in-season tournament championship. On one hand, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Embrace it. Because that's going to be the first of many in-season tournament championships that are going to be going around the league. They have the first one. So in a sense, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Just embrace it. It's kind of cool. But when you see it next to the 17 
NBA championship banners that they have on there. And then there's this awkward in-season tournament, which is essentially like it's it's a next level of winning the preseason <laughs> type of thing. And you're like, Ugh, this just seems sad. Seems sad. So I tweeted that out. I said, you know, if if the Nuggets did this, I'd be I'd be kind of embarrassed type of thing. If I was a Lakers fan, I'd be embarrassed. This is what I got back from some of you guys. Gern wrote in, maybe it's because they got run out of the building when we played them and they have to heal their wounds somehow. Yeah, when the Nuggets just throttled them and swept them last season in the playoffs, you know, they got they just got to hold on to something. And this is what I wrote back to to Gern. I said, wow, kind of like after your you break up with your girlfriend, you're sad and you celebrate when you get out of bed, brush your teeth and didn't cry until you got to your car. OK, like I did it. I did it. You bitch. Why did you break my heart? But I didn't cry on the way to the car. <laughs> Then all your neighbors are like, is he crying again? Jesus Christ. He only knew her for like a week. Jeez. Dave wrote in, fake ass crap chip to keep a 768-year-old LeBrick relevant. There is only one goat. And he responded with a picture of Michael Jordan. David wrote in, yeah, I don't think that should be banner worthy. Unless... It's a team with very few banners. I kind of agree with that. If you got nothing else, I guess put it up there. Didn't the Rockies do that? Or maybe it was the Nuggets? I don't know. Where they hadn't won anything, but then it was just like wild card. <laughs> we made it to the wild card in 2007. Something like that. It was something weird. I can't remember. Remind, correct me, send me an email to Huff Podcast or shoot me uh, a message on social media at the Huff Podcast. Which, which franchise in Colorado did that? They had a, a lame-ass banner for a while. I think they took it down. I just can't remember if it was the Nuggets or if it was the Rockies, and I want to say it's the Rockies. I do. I don't know. What do you think of that? Uh, like, I, I'm sitting here judging them. They won something. They accomplished something. So good for them. And, and to be honest, if the Nuggets won that, I probably wouldn't be as big of a dick about it. Although it would look fucking awkward. And you know us, I say us Nuggets fans. I'm not a hardcore Nuggets fan because I have Comcast and I can't dive into the Nuggets can't because I can't watch them but I I guarantee you if this was the Nuggets and they won that we probably wouldn't be bagging on it as much but that being said when you read social media when they posted the, the video of of them hanging the banner there's all these Laker fans going hey longtime Laker fan this just seems cheap <laughs> It doesn't feel right type of stuff like that. So I don't know. Let me know your thoughts to Huff podcast at gmail.com. You know what I know is fantastic is if you get the holiday menu and you get the holiday orders in to Sugar Fire in Westminster by tomorrow, Wednesday, December 20th, 2023, you can get a whole smoked turkey with gravy 
Or you can get a whole smoked beef tenderloin with horseradish cream sauce and a jus. Or you can do, uh, maybe you just want, maybe you have like, say, five people coming over or something like that. Total of five people. Maybe you just get the dinner pack. You can get a a six-ounce turkey breast with gravy, a gratin potatoes, green beans a la monde, caramel pecan applesauce, cornbread with honey butter, choice of pie. Each person, guess how much it is? It's only $29.99. That's a hell of a deal. Hell of a deal. I had a bunch of people last night when I was over at Sugar Fire. They're, they're signing up. They're like, this is fantastic. I can't believe this. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I know. And if you've ever met Chef Clint over at Sugar Fire, the dude's a genius. They call him the mad scientist, like behind his back. It's, it's kind of mean. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. He is kind of like a mad scientist because he loves working with food. And he loves to enhance flavors and give people, the customers, something special. Something that's going to make them melt in their seat and let their eyes roll back because they can't believe the joy that is happening in their mouth. That's what Chef Clint brings to the table over at Sugar Fire in Westminster. You can also get the holiday sides, whether it's a, a pint, quart, or gallon which would be awesome to show up with like a gallon of a gratin potatoes, green beans, and a caramel pecan applesauce. I don't know if I'm saying those names right, but it's just fun. <laughs> you can also get cornbread with honey butter. You can get a pan of 12, a pan of 24, whatever floats your boat. You can also get whole chocolate pecan pie. That would be fantastic. But you can also get some of their regular meats, sides, and desserts as well. If you want. So go ahead and place your order. Give them a call 720-639-4903 or give them a stop by. Stop by. Say hello. Grab one of my DeHuff Uncensored stickers that's over there. It's usually at the bar. And go ahead and place your order. They're at 144th in Orchard Parkway on the south side of 144th. It's right next to Snooze. So go in there. Sugar Fire in Westminster. They're making the holidays a lot easier for you. Sugar Fire in Westminster, reinventing barbecue every single day. Uh, You guys know this. I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I got to applaud her for her success. I just think she's a little bit blown out of proportion. In an upcoming episode, I think it's next week, I recorded some stuff with like my daughter, my son, and my wife. My daughter asked me who my favorite artist was. Let's just say Taylor Swift wasn't on that list. Okay, she's not. I just think she's a little bit overhyped. But again, she's fucking crushing it. And she is the most popular artist out there right now. So I saw this on a Twitter account called All Time Entertainment. It says Taylor Swift owns two planes. And according to the to Daily Mail, in three months, her journeys to see Travis Kelsey have used 12,622 gallons of jet fuel. <laughs> That's so stupid. What kind of nerd goes this, breaks this down? <laughs> She's using all this money in gallons of fuel to see her boyfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm going to do some math. <laughs> Foul teacher. Based on the the statistics tracked by Taylor Swift's jet on Instagram, fucking stalkers, 
Taylor Swift's trips have produced 138 tons of CO2 emission to date. Taylor Swift would need to plant 2,282 trees to allow these to grow and allow these to grow for 10 years in order to offset the environmental damage caused by her flights. Taylor Swift is a villain. She's a villain. Oh, my God. Whoever sat there and was just like so angry at the world and Taylor Swift for probably you know, not talking to her when they were in high school or something like that. They decided, you know, I'm going to fucking ruin her day. Her love is a fraud and it's based on by, by death and destruction. She's killing the planet. She's killing the planet. Fucking bitch. Listen, I don't think she's a great singer. She's a great writer, blah, 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 all that stuff. But come on, that's kind of like raining on their parade. If they're happy, they're happy. As much as I joke about her and, and their relationship, whatever, they're happy. But that being said, it kind of tells you that when you're rich, you just don't think about that stuff. She's just like, let's just hop on a plane. Let's go see Travis play. And yeah, we'll be good. And not thinking about the environmental um, effects that that might create because we all get kind of used to it it's just like oh, i'll just hop in the car and drive somewhere well you know there's it's producing co2 admission and blah blah all that stuff i don't hold it against her i'm just more excited about what happens when they break up because they're getting pretty serious hot and heavy okay i'm just waiting for the collapse <laughs> i am it's so so fucked up, but I am. I am. Do not judge me. You judgmental dick. You know what we need to do right now? Get in the mailbag. Mailbag. You've got mail. <laughs> this comes in from Marianne. She said, will Russell Wilson be a Bronco next year? Boy. I don't think he will. And Sack Swinger says, do you think the Broncos can trade Russell Wilson to get Baker Mayfield? No, I don't want Baker Mayfield anymore. <laughs> okay. I, I did that last year where it was just like before they got Russell Wilson, I was like either Russell or Baker would be fine. I would rather have Russell Wilson. But that being said, going back to Mary Ann's question, I don't, I'm leaning on that they'll find a way to part ways with him. And I think because based on how he's played, he has upgraded his trade value, if, if that's going to be the case. And I, th I think there's a little bit more value to Russell Wilson because he doesn't turn the ball over that much. And I could see that happening. But that being said, Marianne, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him. As much controversy has been surrounding him since he's been a Denver Bronco, I could see them surprising us and they keep him. But if they could get rid of him, that would free up a lot of money if they did it in a good way. It, that would be nice. Because like I always say, when you have a cap on your salary, 
and you got one person taking up a huge percentage of that, you can't afford to get better players surrounding them. So as much as I hate to say it, I, th- I think it's in the best interest of the Denver Broncos to eventually part ways with Russell Wilson so they could help upgrade the team. But the problem is, is then you're going to be in the, that whole quarterback carousel bullcrap again. It would be nice as a Bronco fan to have a consistent quarterback. So I go back and forth on this. I could honestly see it going either way. It would make sense from a financial perspective. Also, if they have their eyes set on somebody coming out of college that that they think could elevate the franchise, I mean, yeah, definitely do it. Maybe he goes as trade bait for, you know, on draft day and they, they can move up. I don't know. And I don't even know what you get for Russell Wilson. Maybe a second rounder, maybe a third. I, I, I don't know. And something else. He's not what he once was, but I don't think he's completely trash. But that being said, compared to last year, he's doing much better. But I feel like in order for them to keep him in these last three games, we need to see something very special come out of Russell Wilson. And hopefully that that means that they can go into the playoffs. But I haven't seen anything really special come out of him other than he's a game manager where he's just he's going out there executing plays but not really doing anything too special that being said like he's been throwing some balls where you're like holy shit how did he throw that that was beautiful i it, it that's a wonderful question i don't think that's an easy answer marianne thank you and uh thanks to sack swinger as well matt ofp said do you agree that fast food is dead it's neither good, nor cheap, nor fast. Are you telling me I just paid $15 for a burger that's a few ounces less than last year, and I have to pull forward to the we are behind parking space for you to bring me my food? I hate it here. I will say that. That pisses. That just bugs the crap out of me, especially so as far as the we are behind parking space, <laughs> because... Have you ever done that and you look into the restaurant through the drive through window and there's just a bunch of people just not moving? They're just chit-chatting. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? You all should be busting your ass. Now, that being said, you could have more staff on, on hand in certain locations. But like when you go to a really busy restaurant and you see how busy the workers are and they're like super busy, they're, everybody's working in unison Everybody's communicating. I love that. I love that because it's just like that's a well-oiled machine. But when you get to a place where it's kind of busy and you just see a lot of people just with no sense of urgency, that just drives me nuts. Now, that being said, I've been there where I had no sense of urgency when I worked in restaurants until I worked in a really busy restaurant and you realize, dude, you got to keep going. You got to go fast. You got to work efficiently, use both hands and start. And then you got time to lean, you got time to clean. So it does bug me that when I see 
when they tell me, like, can you pull ahead to parking spot number three or whatever? And there's already a bunch of people in front of me. And they're like, we'll get, we'll bring out your order when it's ready. And then I look in there and there's just like, oh my God, did you see what Carol was wearing? Oh, what a whore. <laughs> like stuff like that. Like, no. And it is annoying when you sit, Matt, what you're talking about when you're saying you're paying $15 for a burger that's been reduced in size in comparison to last year. Part of that, when you think about it, is we're sitting here bitching and complaining that people need, that we need to raise minimum wage. Well, when you do that, there's a chain reaction. So you got to make up that cost. <laughs> well, how about we trim off some of the meat, just a, just a little, and then we're going to charge a little bit more and that's going to help offset the the wage increase and also the everything else inflation of everything else is nuts and you're trying to make up for it, it they're kind of fucked the the restaurants it, some of them have fucked themselves don't get me wrong they're like well we're just going to pay our employees more well that's fine but when you when you do that eventually you're going to have to raise your product prices and eventually, customers are going to get tired of it. That's why my wife and I, we mostly eat at home. 90% of the time, we eat at home, if not more. Just because it's so expensive and ridiculous. And that, that, and when you go to some restaurants, it's like the quality shit. Went to Noodles and Company. We went there three times in this past year. Every single time, they fucked up our order. And it's not like a little bit fucked, like they, they forget, you know, give me a side or something like that. They just cooked it poorly. Or like the noodles were crunchy. And it's like, these aren't supposed to be crunchy. It's ridiculous. It, it just drives me nuts. And I got tofu. I love tofu. And the last time I was there, they, I ended up eating it because I, I'm just, <laughs> I, I will eat just about anything. But the tofu was way overcooked. I'm like, Jesus, man. My jaw hurt afterwards because it's so chewy. And it's not a, a black mark against that entire company. It's just a reflection of where we're at now as a society that we have a bunch of shitty employees. You got a bunch of people. You got the blind training the blind when it comes to restaurants. God, what was that like a, a year and a half ago when I had to roll the burrito over at Qdoba? Because whoever trained these employees to roll a burrito did a shit job. It's not necessarily their fault. It's the people training them. And, the, and ultimately, it's, it's the people in charge of the restaurant. So it's bad leadership. So when you talk about there's that we are behind parking space, that all, all goes back to whoever's in charge ultimately as a general manager and who who's on shift manager. And that's just frustrating. And it's you can't sit there and go, that's every location, but there's a lot of locations like that, and it sucks. We need to get back into taking pride in your work. And you just don't see that very often in the fast food joints. They're, they're what is it? Fast casual is what they like to be called now. Something like that. It's just you're getting subpar quality of food, 
crappy service, and they're just taking their sweet ass time. Nobody has a sense of urgency. I, I say nobody, but it, it's a good chunk. It's a good chunk. But that that makes it so when I do go to a place that has their their shit in a row, it makes me want to go back. So if you want to increase your sales, really focus on customer service. Really make sure everybody that is in front of a customer is smiling and greeting them and making them feel welcome. And if you are behind on something, communicate in a nice way. And that goes a long way. I'm more likely to return. Whereas if I see Mr. Grumpy Pants over there working on my food, and he's just like, I'm making it. Then I get it, and it's just like a big pile of, of shit, essentially. A big heaping pile of, of body parts, essentially, from a cow. That's, that, that's not going to make me want to come back. It's about food quality. It's about food speed. And it's about great customer service. Pretty fucking simple, to be honest. Jason wrote in, would you ever do play-by-play, Duhuff? I don't, I don't think I could do play-by-play, play, but I will do this for you, okay? I don't know if I've ever done, like, uh, like goofing around play-by-play. Play. I did do that with uh, Johnny Hart, actually, when I was over at the radio station. We did the Ninja Warrior course with the on-air talent. We had a bunch of video. Johnny pieced it together, and then he and I did goofing around play-by-play of the video of of the the guys and it was just make us making fun of like brandon stokely and whoever else did the thing i tried that i was fucking horrible you have to have really good upper body strength and you got to be really lean really the only person that did well was brandon stokely because he's he's kind of petite he's very lean and he's strong okay i say petite in a nice way i'm not saying he's a puss or anything jeez I don't need a phone call from Brandon Stokely going, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that about me. I'm a raging Cajun right now. I am hotter than a red pepper. Can't believe you said that, Duff. Do you know who my best friend is? It's Peyton Manning. He's my best friend, and I slept on his couch. He slept on mine. <laughs> okay, Stokes. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Okay, so this is the play-by-play if – a certain Denver Bronco doesn't get his act together. And this is if he was in the CFL. Okay. Let's see if I can do this well without screwing it up. Third and a long way to go. Cox in motion. Ball snap. Bush under pressure. Oh, dick in his face. Bush escapes. Rolls right. Airs it out. And Jerry Judy drops the ball. What the fuck was that, Todd? Oh, man, that was crazy. Oh, boy, Judy has slicker hands than a pond in February in the backwoods of Saskatchewan, eh? <laughs> he needs to go get some saffra maple syrup and give his hands an old bath, don't you know? Then finish it off with a Molson. Am I right? Oh, for sure, Todd. <laughs> You're welcome. You are welcome. Fucking Canadians. Do you see that, uh, what's his nuts? They used to, Chad Kelly. Was like the league MVP for the CFL. Like, good for him. He, you know, imploded here in Denver and in the NFL. You know, hopped around from a couple teams and then went up there and got his act together. 
and proved everybody that he has talent. He just needed, I think, a change of environment. So good for him. And you know what? If he, if Chad Kelly stayed up in Canada and played the rest of his career, as long as he's able, up in Canada, and he just becomes a Canadian legend, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. I know everybody has their sights set on the NFL, but go do it, man. Do what's right. Do what's right for you. That doesn't always mean that you have to be in in the elite league that is the NFL. So I all it's it goes from me making fun of Canadians to embracing what Canadian football is. It's it's a second chance for him in he just freaking let it all hang out and freaking crushed it. So good for Chad Kelly. Hey, thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for everybody that chimed in. If you want to chime in and you want to shoot me an email, dehuffpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on my socials at dehuffpodcast. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. If you can, give it a nice review. I really appreciate that. Thanks to Sugar Fire in Westminster. Also, big thanks to Superbook Sports Colorado. It's to Huff Uncensored. Have an amazing day. Hopefully, you laughed a little bit during this show. It's to Huff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.